0: We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and community. We pay our respects to them and their cultures, and to Elders both past and present.
1: Let's go to the chase. We know social media, and
0: we're here to answer your questions about it. Think of us as your social media dolly doctor, your
1: go-to gals, your secret weapon. Let's get to it. Hi guys, I'm Ella, and I've got Bridget here with me today, so... Hey, Bridget. Hi. Uh, So today we're actually jumping in and doing something a little bit different. So we won't be answering social media questions. We won't be diving into any particular topics, but we will be breaking down a really interesting topic around uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, social activism, social media and the Trump's executive orders and social media landscape as it is. Because over the last week or so, a bit longer actually, there's been a lot of developments within the social media space um, where two really big... I guess, movements have collided. Uh, and when I say movements, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement has been running for quite some time. And we've also found that the political landscape of America, with Trump specifically, has also collided with the social activism and, and, and corporate activism as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, one way we're going to have a little bit of a chat about it is, now we really need to just uh, highlight here that we're not experts in black lives matter movement we're not trying to take away anything from this Mm. and we're actually not really even coming at this from a political angle it's just from an interesting point of view where social media has actually changed the way that the corporate landscape of social media the platform and their internal organizations have operated and it's come off the time where a a multi sorry a national leader has really unsettled uh, a conversation with america um so The the landscape itself is very multifaceted, and what we're going to do is we're just going to quickly break down a very loose timeline of the Black Lives Matter movement, and then we're going to dive back into what we're going to call the social media saga, which features many, many different social media players.
0: We've got the Zuck saga. We've got the Dorsey saga. We've got the Executive saga. We've
1: got... There's a lot. We've got the Spiegel saga, which is not really a saga. We're just going to tag that on the end. We we, we just will drop into that a little bit. You, you have lots of thoughts, yes. So Bridget, with me today, has been tracking this like a hawk. So she is going to be our eyes and ears on this one.
0: Add me on LinkedIn. You can see all my fun posts.
1: Yeah. Or, or Instagram. She's been sharing a lot of really interesting resources and articles as well. So it's been quite... They're also more angry. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, there's a lot of feelings there. So I guess the best way for us to jump into this is, should we start with just a quick timeline of the BLM movement?
0: Um. Yeah. So BLM really came into our actualization and acknowledgement in 2014 to 2016 with Ferguson, Charlottesville. I think we've sort of been referring them as the first two waves, like within the social media landscape, majorly. Then in Feb- and just so, just sorry to cut you off there. Yep. Just to
1: break it down to any of our listeners who don't really know what we're talking about as far as social media landscape, mm. um, it's where we're seeing multiple uploads and multiple cries for justice and outreach and change using Instagram Twitter LinkedIn Facebook so they usually will use the hashtag Black Lives Matter Mm. um, to share educate and encourage the world to see things to to change essentially yeah to
0: bring attention to issues that usually would be ignored or brushed under the rug both in the media landscape and legislatively that's that's not a word um, so then in February, we had the um, murder of Ahmad Avery. Sorry,
1: February 2020.
0: February 2020, yes. Um, and then later in May, the video of that murder was released and went viral, which started to bring forth another wave of that movement.
1: Which is quite interesting. I'm going to drop in here because it's going to tie us back a little bit. That mm-hmm. video was removed from Facebook mm-hmm. in May um, after it was released.
0: Yes. It ties back into everything else that's going on here. Mm-hmm. Then on May 25th, we had the murder of George Floyd that video was released the same day, May 26th, um, responding officers were fired and the protests began. Mm-hmm. And that's when we really, really began to see a major ma- um, major movement on social media with two really visceral deaths captured, released on film, social media, um, and consumed by social media users. Yeah, And we saw a major movement on part of Black Lives Matter and a really a change in digital activism, turning it from turning the onus from everyone to essentially essentially to non-people of colour and furthermore, essentially white people for the most part, um, we really saw a change in the way it was approached and the need for education and resources and from people to turn their virtue signalling and their slacktivism into actual activism and the realisation that it's okay to post On social media, cool, but what are you doing after that? Why has this happened? This movement reoccurred three times, and nothing has really changed. Why do we keep having to be reminded by people dying, and for us to have to watch people die for this to actually come back into consciousness for the people? It's not directly affecting, so we've really seen a turn and not call out culture, but a real.
1: I feel like education culture has really become a big one this time. So I feel like the last two waves through social media have been. I wouldn't say angrier but but angry and call out Mm -hmm. uh, without the education pieces available or the resources to find out more and learn more and educate yourself so I feel like this time it's been a little bit I'm just I'm trying to find the best word for it but it's certainly really saying here we're breaking it down for you do the work yourself
0: Mm, there has yeah it's been that massive thing it's really put the focus on the act part of activism in because for the past you know couple of years we've seen activism that hasn't really incorporated the acting into it Mm -hmm. and this is really called people hey do some learning do your googles go to protest put your money where your mouth is, put your body where your mouth is and actually act on the things you're saying because yeah. just saying them isn't making change.
1: And so I think one of the next interesting, I guess, turns in this is we're kind of trying to timeline this really quickly because we're still trying to keep this as a bit of a shorter episode like we usually would, mm. is um, we saw on the 2nd of June, hashtag Blackout Tuesday. So do you want to break that one down a little bit? So hashtag Blackout Tuesday started in the music industry mm-hmm. with um,
0: black – record labels calling out to their white um you know colleagues being Mm -hmm. like hey can you take this day on the first of june to silence yourselves and take a moment to educate and learn and to better yourself within your companies Mm -hmm. um that turned then into a greater movement of blackout tuesday where people were just um meant to black out like silence their voices to amplify the voices of people of color
1: the hashtag was originally the show must be paused
0: that's it um That turned out on June of the 1st of June, everyone posting the black squares. You probably saw those all through your feed on the 1st of June. But a lot of people... And if you did it, that's fine. If you didn't, that's fine. But that came with a lot of criticism, firstly, because a lot of people were hashtagging Black Lives Matter in that, which then clogged up the Black Lives Matter hashtag. Which
1: ended up silencing the Black Black Lives Matter Matter movement movement
0: and actual resources, information and news. For a while there, it was just black squares. Yeah. So silencing the voices that needed to be heard. The next criticism of that was also, how was this making any active change? There yeah. was a lot of. While it's a nice,
1: it felt very Conan 2019. Yes. Oh, twenty nineteen. Yes, twenty so two thousand and twelve. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
0: like that's last year. <laughs> um, I think Flex Mommy did a lot of series on this and her yeah. stories. And one thing she said is intention doesn't equal action. Your yeah. intentions might be good, but it doesn't equal a good action. Mm. Like. And there was also a lot of backlash along white people being offended that they were being told to rethink what they were doing.
1: I think it's also quite interesting as well because it was seemingly the first time a lot of corporate businesses actually spoke out about Black Lives Matter and just so happened to be that they could just post a square and say that they stand in solidarity, but it isn't enough.
0: Yeah, we saw that with L'Oreal. They did that and then they're um, essentially the diversity champion from – 2017 who mm-hmm. they fired for speaking out against dropped for speaking out against white supremacy came back and was like hmm interesting and posted a massive post on her experience working with l'oreal and that and
1: showed that yeah
0: yeah don't believe the black square
1: so i think the other interesting thing that happened with that blackout tuesday particularly was about the XXL magazine, highlighting that...
0: On June 3rd, XXL magazine, which are a hip-hop magazine, tweeted, "Um, the Blackout Tuesday tag on Instagram has 24.9 million posts. The Justice for George Floyd petition has 11.8 million signatures. The point of today is being missed. And it really Mm. did call out the fact that virtue signalling doesn't equal any change. Just because you post a black square doesn't mean you're going to do anything
1: so, just, just quickly, um, yes. with the timeline here, it was the 2nd of June, the Blackout Tuesday. Yes, was but
0: the 3rd of June was the tweet.
1: Yeah, it was a tweet, which, which shows the 3rd for us because, obviously, the US is behind us in time. Yeah. So, just so we are aware, it's the same day. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just time timeline across the world. So that's, that's all it is. So, they actually were obviously saying the point same, of today is being yes. missed and it was the right day. So we'll wrap that up in that spot. So obviously there's a lot, lot more to this issue than what we're covering. We're just trying to give a really quick overview in case you haven't been tracking along Mm -hmm. the social media timelines of this. So That way the next sort of part that we dive into, which is our Trump Trump. versus everyone series, which therefore is a domino effect into social media being used, social media platforms being held accountable for how they police language Mm -hmm. and how they share information um, kind of starts, I guess. Okay. Yes. So... Let's uh let's break it down for our boy Trump.
0: Oh, okay. Here we go. Here's my timeline. So, twenty sixth Trump tweets about
1: twenty um, sixth of May. Twenty sixth. What did I say? Just twenty six. <laughs> twenty sixth May. Okay, Trump
0: tweets about um, U.S. Representative Gavin Newsom um, sending out ballots. This was flagged by Twitter about being inaccurate because the reality of mail ballot voter fraud happening is very rare it was also flagged by PolitiFact as given the rating i'm sorry of pants on fire on their truth meter truthometer
1: yeah yeah it's a PolitiFact truthometer so it, this is a particular website that r- rates political truths um in the u.s and so they have different ratings and so they have this particular meter called the truthometer and just just so we know the pants mm. on fire rating is the lowest rating you can get yes. which means you're a liar liar pants on fire whoa I know it's, it's groundbreaking that I work that out, but um, that's, that's it's great. true.
0: Okay, so then on May 28th, we had the executive order. Mm-hmm. We will break that down further. That's a whole... That's a thing.
1: The executive order targets a particular section called Section 203, which is basically um, an internet law that was created in 1996. By Bill Clinton, yeah. By Bill Clinton. And so he's trying to tack that on to the Freedom of Speech Act or the Second Amendment for America. First First Amendment, sorry. Um, um, But basically he's trying to tack that into that. And realistically, the Section 230 separates the two because they're Mm -hmm. private companies.
0: So with Section 230, it was an interactive computer service. So in our world, media companies can't be treated as publishers or speakers of third-party content, so the people who comment. This protects websites from lawsuits if a user posts something illegal, Although there are exceptions for copyright violations, sex worker-related material, and violations of federal law, mm-hmm. so it just protects media companies from the stuff posted on their posts. Mm-hmm. They're not considered the publisher or liable for those comments.
1: Yes, yeah. essentially. And so, what Trump is essentially trying to do is he's trying to re- narrow the protection for the tech companies. So he's saying that he's going to start removing and, or like saying that they they pretty much. Don't have the authority to remove or restrict information. Mm. Uh, he's also saying that he would like the FCC, which is the Federal Communications Committee, Commission, Commission, yeah, um, to have a bit more clarity on what what is allowed and what isn't. So he wants them to be able to have a bit more control over you know where that happens. Um, he's also trying to free up. Government ad spending on freedom of speech. So that's a really interesting one there. For Especially with the 2020 campaigns coming up. We're
0: in the final leg of that.
1: Yeah, so for political campaigns. And we've got the last bit, which is um, he wants state and federal to have kind of control over these reviews. So he doesn't yeah. want it just to be – a he wants more of a government input in this as well.
0: Yeah, so that's that side of the coin. That was his purpose to essentially free up free speech. Though there's another side to this coin where at the end of the day – if these companies are no longer protected by legality under Section 230 they're more likely to crack down on these things. So Kate Ruane, a senior legisl- legislative counsel of the American Civil Liberties Union, stated ironically Donald Trump is a big beneficiary of section 230 um, If the platforms were not immune under the law then they would not risk the legal liability that comes with people host that comes with hosting people like Donald Trump, their lies defama- defamation and threats. Mm. Yeah. And, and
1: it's quite important to note, though, that while we're discussing this here in Australia, these particular laws won't come into action here necessarily. But. But there is a caveat to this. And this is. A, a, we're trying to keep this nice and narrow and direct, but there are a lot of little branches coming off on this. So there also was another, I guess, order in the Supreme Court of New South Wales that has just been.
0: That could, well, coincidentally. Came into action on the first of
1: June. Yeah, so this was this was a battle between News Corp and the state of New South Wales, exactly. essentially, and it was um, around being liable for media companies. So not just sort of social media, but, but any media company, like a publisher, liable for the comments section uh, within their social media platform.
0: Mm. So that was a court case, or a court case put forth June um, last year. Um, the first that was then appealed this year, and on the first of June. News Corp and their partners in that um, law case lost their dismissal of the law so essentially in New South in Australia or New South it's New Wales, South Wales but New they South are Wales. going to take it to the High Court High Court yeah are liable for any comments made on their posts so if you post something about uh,
1: no so this is for media companies oh, yeah so we do need it we need we I will put behaviour here. We haven't read the full legislation here, so please do not start panicking if you're living in New South Wales and you're a business-sharing information.
0: Yeah, we don't know the full... There wasn't a lot of information. Like, we only learnt this today. Um, We didn't know this. There was nothing really published.
1: It's kind of been buried. So we we did know that it's been going on, but it was kind of buried in the rest of the world's stage at the moment.
0: Yeah. Um, But it's interesting to say that... See, the impact that a small Australian legislation has actually going into action... Is not really commented on versus a potential action in the US is Wildly. scaring yeah. the media, la- the social media landscape of the world shitless. I,
1: I Yeah, and I do understand that though because it will actually change the actions of the way the businesses publish and, and a lot of obviously our stuff in Australia, especially social media, mm. comes out of the US. So even though it won't, the, the legislation in the US will not impact our viewing on social media, it will actually change the landscape of how it's used entirely. So yeah. it will still impact us. Yeah,
0: okay you want to go back to our timeline? Yes. Okay. So then uh, the day after the order on the 29th, um, Trump's tweet was around, if you've seen it, um, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. There was more to that tweet, but that's the the tagline. Twitter tagged that for glorifying violence, which they should, but it was also kind of a shot from Jack Dorsey about if this keeps happening, if this executive order goes through, if we lose the court case, this is what you're in for. It was a warning shot. Yeah. Um, so, then all the other social media companies followed in tow with that. So, 31st of May, we had a memo from Evan Spiegel, the CEO of Snapchat. Um, not all of
1: them, though.
0: What? Or oh, not all of them, yes. We will
1: We will dive into this. So, just let's a little pin in that point there because it is not all and this is um, a whole saga in itself. Yeah,
0: that's its own little saga. It's got its own page.
1: It's got its own title as well. Uh,
0: our <laughs> friend Zuck.
1: Ah, uh, Zucked. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, let's go back to what we're okay. saying.
0: Okay. So, what did Evan Spiegel write in his memo to his employees and company? On the Sunday night. On Sunday night, the 31st of May, um, Snapchat's Discover Tab simply cannot promote accounts in America that are linked to people who incite racial violence, whether they do so on or off our platform. He said that the company may continue to allow divisive people to remain on an account on Snapchat as long as their content that is published on Snapchat is consistent with our community guidelines. So, that was an internal memo. Mm-hmm. Um, then following that, on June 3rd, this is following a t- Snapchat timeline, they announced that it would t- stop promoting President Trump's own account, um, determining his public comments off the site could incite violence. So following on on that memo. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I guess we'll just do a quick, at this point, put a quick dive into the different social channels and what they've done. Yeah. The next one we were looking at was TikTok. Uh, TikTok. Yes. Now, they're not necessarily calling out Trump, but they've also... Been called out themselves as far as not supporting this movement. This is where it all gets, this is why we're sort of saying we're tying them together because there is a lot of interwovenness. Yes.
0: So TikTok faced a lot of backlash around um, mid May, mid to late May about essentially burying people using the hashtag Black Lives Matter and hashtag um, George Floyd as a lot of them would receive no views. So burying that content. And that was called out on social media. Then on. June 1st, TikTok responded with that to a letter to the black community addressing these and addressing that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't necessarily um, address the executive order, though.
1: No, no, they didn't. So this is, this is what I was saying. Like, I think Twitter felt pressure from the black community, um, but I think it also felt pressure from their social media platform peers. So mm-hmm. that's a big thing is that if Twitter didn't speak out about the violence and racial comments mm-hmm. and if, you know, Snapchat you TikTok? didn't... Uh, no Twitter and Trump specifically. Okay, yeah. okay. So if Twitter didn't do that, if Snapchat didn't do it, TikTok may not have either. So yeah. so realistically, even though this isn't calling out Trump, it's not calling out anything he's saying, everyone's sort of taking pulling toe in this. Yes. Yeah,
0: so that happened June first. They they um acknowledged that May nineteen was when the kind of they called it a glitch within their system that Barry happened. Um mm-hmm. They acknowledged that was May 19, that all that started, but they didn't say anything till June 1st, which is when a lot of the executive order and social media tick over happened. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, who else? I mean, there's
1: Grindr, but...
0: I was about to say June 2nd, Grindr (laughs) removed their ethnicity filters.
1: Which has been going on since, what, 2018? The whole racial thing?
0: Something like that. Yeah. Took, Took this, June 2nd. Okay, then... Oh, we've already mentioned Snapchat June 3rd. Okay.
1: I mean, you did have a little comment you wanted to make about Snapchat. I
0: did. I <laughs> did think that Evan um, Spiegel should put his political money where his political mouth is, as he did donate a couple hundred thousand dollars to the Trump campaign in 2016 and then further. So, just just saying. Yep, okay. Just wanted to say. It's it's a nice sentiment, but...
1: Mm, I understand what you're saying. You're okay, so who haven't we touched on?
0: Our boy, Zuck.
1: Our boy, Zuck. All right. So... Our favourite, favourite, favourite person, Zuck, which is Facebook and uh, WhatsApp and Instagram. Yep. This is its own little petal okay. fish.
0: Yes. Okay. So, 29th, this starts on the 29th of May. Zuck wrote on his Facebook page, Personally, I have a visceral negative reaction to this kind of divisive, inflammatory rhetoric. This was in reaction to Trump's tweet.
1: Is this before or after his call to Trump?
0: This was before. Okay. Okay, so um, but I'm responsible for reacting not just in my personal capacity, but as a leader of an institution committee committed to free expression.
1: So so just diving into this as well. the section 203, if it gets passed um, the executive order to changes to that section, mm-hmm. it will mean a lot of financial issues in the legal sense from social media companies. yes so just just to highlight that. so basically they'll have to take their lawyers and take it to court and dispute it so this just yeah that's why there could be a difference in tone here yes
0: there could be but there is you see zuck versus dorsey because i think dorsey's coming from it like it will cost him less in a lawsuit to win that than it would if he lost it the amount of money he would have to pour it into twitter to to protect his legality
1: and and speaking of that let me just do a little fact check at the moment so as of today we've seen that facebook's stock prices have dropped 1.1 percent whereas twitter's have gone up 8.12 so there is a lot of money at stake there yes because we're not just talking a couple of hundred dollars we're talking talking millions mm. and billions so mm. we're talking
0: big big money Mm. okay so we had 29th zuck writing a vague personal message on his facebook on 31 he has a call with trump um which essentially says i don't like what you said but I'm not going to do a whole lot about
1: it. Just please stop doing it.
0: Please stop. Please stop doing that. We won't do anything. We're not Jack Dorsey. I yeah. Um, protecting lovely corporate interest there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then on June 1st, he stated in a staff meeting, there was a lot of reaction to that. I used that opportunity to make him know I felt this post was inflammatory and harmful and let him know where I stood. We stood on it. Don't have much of a standing. There's Zuck. So then in that same day, we saw a big Facebook employee walk out, while Twitter started lab- labelling some of the president's inflammatory messages, Facebook chiefs... Oh,
1: oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Is, is this around the same time that um, Zuck got Zucked on his own network? I don't was that. Oh, I'm going to say it was right after Twitter became fact-checking that Trump. Be, yeah. So around the same time. So
0: after that, and Zuckerberg said we won't be fact-checking, essentially. That's, Basically. That's what this is, is Jack Dorsey is, Zuck isn't. Zuck is like, Trump can have free reign. Of whatever so, he
1: wants. basically, I'm just going to do a quick dive in. Like, this isn't really, I guess, um, to do with the timeline, but it is pretty ironic. So, Zuck got zucked and got slapped with a whole lot of fake news across his own site and other sites around um, himself. So, we saw that an article last Thursday, posted by The Chaser, was titled, Social Media Should Not Fact Checked Post, says, Child Molester Mark Zuckerberg Followed by another uh, post going out from The Shovel, Mark Zuckerberg, dead at 36 from coronavirus, it says that social media should not fact check posts. Ironically, um, someone made a bit of an observation. So John Cooper, the co-founder of Super PAC Democratic Coalition. I don't know. that We're definitely not saying anything political there, but it's just a funny comment. So on Twitter, we can't call Zuckerberg a child molester, but on Facebook, we can. Karma's a bitch. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. on, that, good point, John.
0: Okay, so we're t- going back to the massive Facebook employee walkout on June 1st in mm-hmm. reaction to that. Virtual walkout. Virtual walkout, yes. are all working from home. Yes. Okay, so then a Facebook employee quoted to the New York Times, um, the hateful rhetoric, rhetoric advocating violence against black demonstrators by the US president does not warrant defence under the guise of freedom of expression one f- um wrote on or they didn't actually state the new york times it was written in an internal message board and that that was given to the new york times That was incorrect okay so big
1: don't so the person that resigned is that what
0: no it was just a facebook employee yes yeah, so the facebook
1: employee not the one that resigned no okay
0: there are a lot that resigned as yeah. a result of this as
1: and, and realistically they're saying they don't want to be on the wrong side of history either. like that's so really what this, this is, is about. where this collides this yeah. is
0: where um, big legislative movement that's been and the ideas around guidelines in social media have been under discussion, in our space at least, for mm-hmm. a long time. But yeah. Not really the mainstream, but what's going on the political political landscape at the same time has collided. And, and, become, and with just the
1: fire, or the fuel, or the gasoline that is Trump, it yeah. just like sets everything into blaze.
0: Yes. So, for a lot of employees, this has come down to being on the wrong side of history, letting a man incite racial violence with absolutely no repercussion. Yeah. So there's that okay so then june 2 we had
1: the blackout
0: the blackout yes mm-hmm. i was more talking the Zuck saga. yeah so we're just 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 kind of keep yeah. the kind so like the parallel day. kind lines yeah so june 2 oren frank the ceo of talkspace tweets we at talkspace discontinued our partnership discussions with facebook today we will not support a platform that incites violence racism and lies so background um background yeah yeah, um, who are Talkspace? They were the partner with Facebook and their new rebrand new Brie brand to be a big, lovely community platform that supports everyone. So their
1: the the rebrand is basically our mission is to give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. Mm-hmm. And Talkspace are a confidential, affordable online therapy service with professional licensed therapists and they can chat online. So this was meant to be integrated into Facebook.
0: For the com- initially for the communities who needed it like students but then it was going to be um rolled put, out rolled out to everyone as a everyone. free free therapy free platform. therapy service yeah on available through facebook
1: yeah and now it's not
0: now it's not um talkspace also ceo Oren Frank also released later to cnbc it's a huge pot- potential opportunity and a relationship with the largest media company in the world i don't think they're evil people but do think they turned out to be an evil company that's a big blow that's that's sizzling. Just a couple of weeks ago, they were in talks about what a great opportunity this yeah. was. I mean, it, and it, it is. It, it is. is. such a shame. But to go from yay to.
1: Hell nah. Evil. Mm. Like, that's the word. Mm. Evil's a lot. That's, that's a, some Voldemort word right there. That's a big statement. This is not the first time uh, Facebook's been called Voldemort too. I'm serious Snapchat has a dossier on them called Project Voldemort we called it out a few last year where they've actually been investigating Facebook for a long long time for stealing their IP so there's a lot a lot of stuff happening here Ah,
0: okay so June 3 which was was that yesterday yes it was yesterday Um, Facebook's founding employees Mm. um, the ones who wrote these community guidelines who really designed the platform wrote a massive open letter to Zuckerberg basically telling him they were betraying the ideals of Facebook and what it was what they thought he was betraying, yeah. they were building. Um, the one quote I pulled from the letter is, towards the end, it is our shared heartbreak that motivates this letter. We are devastated to see something we built and something we believed would make the world a better place lose its way so profoundly. Mm. Like and that's, so,
1: that's 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 a lot. That's heartbreak.
0: These are the people that build these guidelines. They were the ones who built this platform. This community. It's community. They were the ones who started this massive, glo- massive global movement because that's mm-hmm. what Facebook is at the end of the day. Um, and have really... St- in their view, has just lost everything they built. Yeah. It's just...
1: Well, and I mean, the other interesting thing as well is, and this is definitely not to do with the BLM movement, it's not necessarily to do with the Trump executive order, but it is to do with the Facebook side of things, is the um, lawsuit that's currently going on with some of the community moderators who've had to witness these videos that are being posted online and, and filter them out and filter the content because at the end of the day, Facebook does filter some content out to ensure that it's a safer place for everyone. And so if this was removed then everyone would be having the same issues So like mm. these people are getting they're currently, PTSD. There and, are
0: lawsuits against Facebook by the former moderators. Yeah.
1: The, so the matter, the former moderators were the people who actually review this stuff to make sure that the, the rest of us don't have to see it and witness this hate, Are uh, psychologically damaged to the point where they're going to court against their employer for PTSD. So that's to give you a highlight why, why this is so important is, is some of that content is it's, it's 4chan level.
0: It's, Worse, four chan still around. You've got it's eight chan now, so but yeah. it's it's those people, it's those people's posts they have mm. to filter out, and these are the people that are potentially giving getting it, the platform back.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're getting getting space to breathe. Um, so do we have much more to add to this today?
0: I don't think today. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this develops over the next couple of days because yeah. especially on the ZoxSaga saga side, of yeah. things, it's been a daily thing. There's been a new update every day, and it's going to be interesting to see if this letter because the walkout didn't impact Zuck if this letter does anything because it's a lot of social pressure yeah and within his own company so it'd be yeah. interesting
1: I mean and again even as I said if we can keep seeing the stock market change that that could even you know the investors might step in yeah so we're actually today is Thursday yes. um we will be jumping back in and adding a note on Monday to give you a quick update of anything else that's happened as well yeah Um, But yeah, so thank you for coming on this wild ride with us. We really just wanted to break down the timeline and give you guys a bit of an insight into what's happening because I know it took us a little bit to piece together what the heck is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, So we thought it'd be really important for us to actually share that with you given that we are within this landscape and it will if this order goes ahead. But even if it doesn't, these events will change the way we all use social media in the future.
0: Oh, yeah. And it It'll will change the way
1: for businesses as well as individual users. So if you're seeing going, oh, I don't understand why social cut is talking about this. It doesn't make sense because you know it's it's not really a, a tip on how to market. It will be. This mm. will really really impact this is us.
0: Changing the landscape from legit leg- to live for no okay legislative thank you um form to social form to every aspect of how we use social media is about to change yeah and
1: and we also as i said we'll keep our eye on the news corp um lawsuit as well because that will definitely impact us here in australia especially if it goes to federal court because then it will become nationwide yes and having a look at like who actually is responsible for those comments yep uh but thank you for joining us um Obviously, on Monday when this drops, if you guys do have any questions, please let us know. We're going to link as much as we can as information uh, into our show notes. We have a lot, a lot of loose threads floating around. Um, And, yeah, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Okay, bye for now. On Monday. Yeah.
0: Okay, so hi, guys. It's Bridget, and I'm back with your update and rundown on what's happened over the weekend or since last Thursday. With, the, with Trump, the Zuck saga, and an interesting revelation on Snapchat's approach to the executive order could really impact young voter outreach for the Republican campaign. So first off, we have our updates with Trump. Um, he beat his own daily tweeting record on Friday, sending out 200 tweets and retweets. That broke his previous record of 142 tweets in one day, which was during his um, impeachment Senate trial. So, with Zuck, the update on that saga is on Friday night, um, Zuck released a memo for Facebook employees, which was then released on his Facebook page, it was a seven-point memo in which he acknowledged how angry his um, choices had made his employees, and he was really proud about wanting to see change, and released a seven-point memo, a seven-point plan on how they were changing things in Facebook, did make it a better place. So the first one was about reviewing policies allowing discussion and threats of state use of force. Um, The next was policy reviews about voter suppression taking into account the realities of voting in midst of a pandemic. The third was review potential options for handling violating or particularly violating content aside from the binary leave it up or take it down decisions. Their current policy is that if content actually is inciting violence, then the right mitigation is to take that content down not that people continue seeing it behind a flag. There is no exception to this policy for politicians or newsworthiness, which is interesting because Twitter has a different policy up until all of this. Um, The next point was they were going to work to establish a clearer, more transparent decision-making process within Facebook, which is a really big thing. Um, Facebook have been known for being pretty secretive with their decision-making around their company, so this is a really big deal. more broadly, they're going to review whether they need to change anything structurally to make sure the right groups and voices are at the table, not when just, not only when making decisions affecting a certain group are being made, but when other decisions that may set precedents are being made as well, which is really big, um, doing that commitment to diversity and making sure, you know, the voices of people of colour, of black people, native people, of queer people, you know, just that diversity marker is being set not for the purpose of, you know, publicity, but really actually having those voices active in their company, which is really important. Um, the next one was they're starting to build a work stream for building products to advance racial justice, which is interesting. We'll see Facebook has had different initiatives like this in the past for fact-checking, so it's Google, Twitter, etc. and they've all tend to have gone awry. We haven't really seen much of an impact. So it'll be really interesting to see, like Google Our Project, for example, Um but often haven't really had that much of an impact and have been highly criticised, so this would be interesting to see how this works out. The next point in the memo was they were building to to build a voter hub to double down on previous get-out-the-vote efforts. At the end of the day, voting is the best way to hold our leaders accountable and address many of these long-term questions about justice. So those were his points, and he ended those points by saying, to our black community, I stand with you. Your lives matter, black lives matter, which is a pretty big way to sum that up he then went on a bit more in depth about um other people within facebook companies who would be releasing more information as the day went um, later so so more for the facebook employees but a really interesting memo it'll be really interesting to see how these things eventuate and the impact they actually have as in the past companies have put in these kind of like fact-checking things and all these sorts of initiatives but they haven't really eventuated into much of anything or they've been quietly gotten rid of. So it'll be really interesting to see how this pans out. Now, to do with voter outreach and Trump, there's been a lot of Republican backlash about the Snapchat decision to no longer show Trump's page in the Discovery tab. It gives Biden the advantage with the youth vote. So in the twenty eight mid, twenty eighteen midterms alone, Snapchat was able to register four hundred and fifty thousand people through its app and new data from nonpartisan nonprofit democracy work shows that fifty percent of the Snapchat users the last cycle that registered on the platform cast a ballot and of that fifty seven percent of those registered were fifty percent of them were ages eighteen to twenty four. That's usually the lowest voting demographic in the US. So the Republicans snap back at this saying that this was Snapchat trying to rig the election in favour of former Vice President Joe Biden and was inherently biased towards the left and the Democrat Party. But there are still many Republicans who still have their Snapchat accounts that are fine, they haven't been blocked, so it's just, at the end of the day, Joe Biden's hasn't been, and Trump's has, and Joe Biden has been active on Snapchat, just as Trump has in the past, creating filters, sending out messages. So it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out and if that does actually have an impact on young voter outreach as Snapchat is kind of making a comeback over the past couple of months. So it'll be super interesting to see how that pans out as well. So that's our update from Thursday about everything that's happened over the weekend. There's probably more, but these are the major things that have really stuck out to us. Um, Thank you for listening. I hope you find this interesting. I do. I've been kind of obsessed with this whole saga. Um, so is everyone else in the office. So yeah, thank you for listening. Have a good Monday. Bye. Hold
1: up.